Genesis chapter 8. Simple title. This is going to take, I don't know how long this will take, but it's going to take a while to go through this. I haven't actually written it all, but I've written a good bit. Um, we're not going to do it in big, long segments and marathons. We're going to take it as we find it week by week. Simple title is, Remember Me. Remember Me. Genesis chapter 8, please. We're just going to lift a couple of verses or so. And let your eye down, run down in Genesis 8 to verse number... Let's go to verse 1, just for, for time's sake. We'll read a couple here. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. Father, take your word and inscribe it into our hearts and print it upon every mind what you would say unto this people and glorify your son this morning. Help us to walk with you, to seek your face, to run the race that is set before us. Help us to remember you in all ways and on all occasions because we know you remember us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's always good for us when we read the scriptures that God remembers us. Verse 1 says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him, notice, in the ark. We know the story, we know the flood, we know all of that. And here is those that were in the ark, even the animals, God remembered them. But notice what it says, and God remembered Noah. Does this give, it, give you the, and I the idea that God forgets? God at times may choose to forget, where you and I forgetting is a negative when you and I forget something, forget our car keys, we forget someone. I remember one time I went out when the girls were younger and I went to church and I was up in the youth room and I, my phone rang and Alison wasn't home. She says, where are you? I says, why? She says, you've left the child at home. I forgot the child. <laughs> I had to go back. Thankfully she was in her bedroom still and she was okay. I forgot the, I forgot the child. That was Ellie at the time. And I would have forgot to pick her up from school from time to time to stand at the gates. And Alice would have said, where are you? Why, what's wrong? Do you know you're meant to pick your daughter up from school? And I says, oh, I forgot. And I had to run around. And Ali was always angry with me. He used to give me that angry face. Daddy forgot me. So what we want to look at this morning is, remember me. Did God forget Noah for a while because of, was he so concentrated on the judgment of the world because of their sin and all that happened and did God forget Noah? Was God, has God got a weakness that he tends to forget like I did? And the answer is no, never. He doesn't have that. He may choose to forget things, but that's a strength of God. It isn't a weakness as you and I have it. And for example, here it says, and God remembered Noah. See the term remembered. It wasn't he forgot and God had to recall. Oh, there's Noah and his sons and their wives and those animals in the ark. I forgot about them. That's not what this means. It means that God's attention 
was focused on Noah. That's the idea of it. God's attention was focused on Noah. And you see, when you're saved, God's attention has been before you were saved. But now that you're saved especially, you know, God's attention was focused on you, brother. God's attention was focused on you. And so he gave his son to die for you. And the idea of this is, is that God doesn't have to recall. And a lot of it is, is given to, for our understanding of our human mentality and, the, and our little in, uh, finite minds in comparison to God. God's attention was focused on Noah and all in the ark. And we're told that in his mind it means God always kept them in his mind. Now, you can be reassured this morning, brother or sister, and it's lovely when we know this and we grasp hold of it, you're in God's mind all the time. God never forgets you. God never, ever forgets you. You're in his mind all the time. You know, for example, we're told uh, uh, God remembered Abraham. God remembered Rachel and, and he remembered Hannah. You know, we, we, we know that they were, they were without child, children at the time. And God remembered them, it says. And it wasn't that God had forgotten them. He had them in mind all the time. But in our God, it's, I think it's as though God had just remembered. God had always remembered. God, it says, remembered the covenant that he made with Abraham and with Isaac, with Jacob. Did he forget it? The answer is no. He always had it in mind. And God will never forget the covenant of blood the everlasting blood. That is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will never forget that. He never forgets those who are under that blood, who have been washed in that blood by faith, who are trusting in the blood of Jesus. God will never forget that, even whether our breath leaves us in this life or whether it is in the life that is to come. God will never forget you. God will never forget you. God remembered Noah And for example, there are times in Judges 16 and and 28, how God remembered Samson when Samson cried for him to remember him. And for example, in uh, Psalm 25 and verse 7, he remembers David when David cries to remember him. Hezekiah, when he's ill, 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 3, cries unto the Lord and the Lord remembers him. These men because they're human like you and I, get to the place where, Lord, have you forgotten me? I think we all get there sometimes, don't we? Have you forgotten me, Lord? God has never forgotten you. And in our own human mentality, we think God has forgotten us. You're a child of God. He loves you. Listen, he paid a dear price for you. And he gave his only begotten son for you. He can never forget you. And he never will. For example, uh, we're told in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, if you want to look at it. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, isn't it? Grace, there's something about it when you realize it, isn't it? There's something about grace when you've experienced it. There's something about grace that really captures you. It melts your heart. It, It rejoices your spirit. Something about grace, even the word, the, the, the sound of the word, because we know what grace is in our own personal lives. Noah found grace. It doesn't mean, the word found doesn't mean that Noah went seeking God when all the world was, uh, I, I meant that Noah and his family kept away from the other 
peoples of the world. He stayed separate. That's the righteousness part. It meant that he, he would have, he would have uh, uh, kept his family from all the ungodliness. Doesn't mean he was perfect, but Noah found grace. The word found isn't that Noah went, I have to seek God, I have to seek God, and God's going to be good to me. That's not what it meant. The word grace or found here gives the idea of something appearing. So grace appeared unto Noah. You know, whenever you were in your sin and you were in your, your nightclub or whenever you're on your drink or your drugs or you're, whenever you're away doing your own thing and you had no thought of God because you were dead in your trespasses and your sins, or even when you grew up in a family with, from a young girl or a young boy and, and you knew nothing but going to church and doing the things of church even, even saved from a young person, you've been kept from all of those things. It's a great testimony. But notice, when you're, when you're thinking of these things, me look back at where God found you, where he found me. And whenever we look at it, we think of how God was justified to, to send us into, into judgment and God was justified if he had never have spoken to us ever again or ever at all. Dead on our trespasses and in our sins. Yet there was a place, a point, a time, a meeting, a preacher or someone in work, a testimony. Something happened that you seen the Lamb of God. In other words, you realize what Christ has done for you. You realize that he's died for you. You realize it was for you. And a personal note, it was for you. It becomes real to you. And then you realize this wasn't of you. It had to be from someone greater than you and something supernatural to you. That was grace appearing to you. That moment when you realized, I'm a sinner. I'm on a road to hell. And here is grace coming to rescue me. You found grace. Rather, grace found you. Grace found you. And it's the same idea that Noah found grace. Suddenly God came down to Noah. God spoke into Noah's life. God says, build an ark. Told him of the judgment to come. And here we have Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, and the little word here for grace in the, in the Hebrew, it's a word cain. You know what it means? To be well favored. To be well favored. You think of all the people uh, that were there in Noah's day. And out of them all, Noah was well favored. Noah was well favored. Uh, the word Cain uh, comes from a root word and it's Canaan or Canaan, where you hear Cain from. And this is what it means it gives the idea of one bowing down or stooping down in kindness to an inferior. One bowing down or stooping down in kindness to an inferior. The superior almighty God bowed down and stooped down in kindness to the inferior who was Noah, the man Noah. And that's not how Christ found us. It's not what Christ did for us. It's not what the cross means to us. That God came down in the person of his son. It's not what it means. And he went to the cross and died for us. The inferiors, the lost, the sinner, the hellbound, the guilty. It means that he came from heaven, became flesh at Bethlehem. He walked this scene of time and earth 
And he died on the cross. And he ascended into heaven after rising from the dead. See, that's grace. We couldn't save ourselves. And God had done it all. The reason I'm telling you this, and we're all probably believers this morning, I think. I know everybody, and we're all believers this morning. It's good to be refreshed in what God has done for us. It's good to be refreshed in the grace of God and the blood of Calvary. Sang about it. We've gathered around the table. What Christ has accomplished for each and every one of us. And notice this word, Cain means well favored. God favored Noah. Why? I don't know. He just did. Because he's God and he can. And God came down in kindness to Noah. Will you turn with me to uh, Psalm 25, please? To the Psalms, Psalm 25. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through some things about remembering. Hopefully it'll help you remember. As God, you'll see, has remembered or, as I said, never forgotten you. But notice this, Psalm 25. And let's just go to verse 5. Let's go verse 4, sorry. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions according to thy mercy. Remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. It's not powerful. Notice verse 4, show me. Show me, and then teach me. Verse 5, lead me. And then verse 6 is remember me. Remember what you've done for me. It's not that God forgets, it's that we are reminding ourselves of what God has done. God never forget. God has never forgotten you. He's never forgotten uh, the, the, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has never forgotten what he has paid at Calvary, the full atonement of Christ and the cleansing power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one time, once for all sacrifice, never to be repeated again of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has paid our debt, past and present and future, once and for all. And he never forgets the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ in Calvary. He never forgets the pain he went through in Calvary. He never forgets the sin, your sin and my sin, that he bore on Calvary. He never forgets the cries of the cross of his son in Calvary. He never forgets the wounds in his hands and his feet, his riven side, his back and his head. He can never forget that. It was his son. When you're in him, he'll never forget you either. He will never and has never forgotten you either. Look at verse 5. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies. Will you turn with me Lamentations chapter 5? Lamentations chapter 5, please. And when we look at this one, 
If you want to know where Lamentations is, it's after Jeremiah. If you're stuck. So, Lamentations chapter 5. Verse 1. Notice what he says. Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Consider and behold our reproach. Now, Lamentations is the weeping prophet Jeremiah, weeping because Jerusalem has been taken captive. And they've been slaughtering the people in Jerusalem, carrying them away into Babylon. And Jeremiah had warned them of their sin, and we know the story, they didn't turn back to God. And so he's weeping and weeping over them. So the labor thryonum is where we get the book of Lamentations from in in, Jerusalem. in the Latin, and that's where we get that word from. Here we have, remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Now, we love it whenever the Lord remembers us, don't we? When, when we know he remembers us. He, he always remembers us, but it's when we know he remembers us. So where does the weakness sta- stand with you and I? Because we tend to forget who he is, the attributes of God. And, and when we study the attributes of God, what is the attributes? Is that which is attributed to his nature and character. Love, God is love, that's an attribute. And when we look at this, uh, you know, the omnipresence of God, that he's everywhere. The omniscience, that he knows everything. The omnipotence, the, the all-powerfulness of God. And we can go on and on and on that, that God is all of you. Other things that, uh, in his character, so he cannot and will not forget you. You're always in his mind, you're always before him, and it's good for us to be reminded of that. That when you're in a bad time, like they are in Lamentations 5 here, that when you're in a difficult time, when you're in a stressful time, a time of sickness or bereavement or whatever hurt, disillusionment, discouragement, God always remembers you. When you think he doesn't, it's up to you and I to believe him for what his word says and say, no matter how I feel, no matter the the senselessness of my mind, no matter what is going on all around me, no no matter the depths of, of, of the things that's against me, no matter the strength of men that are not for me, but against me, you'll always remember me. Where are you this morning? Maybe just in mind and in heart and maybe in your physical state. God will not forget you. God has not forgotten you. Notice, remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Consider and behold our reproach. This is written through the anointing of the Spirit for you and I. Why? That you and I both. We'll be able to read this this morning, no matter our condition, no matter our condition, no matter what uh, place we're in, no matter what we see going on around us, that we say, Lord, would you remember us? Look what's come upon us. What about church us saying, Lord, would you remember us in Ulster tonight, today? Would you remember little Northern Ireland as it's being sold down the river? Would you remember the United Kingdom, Lord, and the state it's in with the enemy at the gates? Would you remember my life for this or whatever it may be, that or the other? 
Would you remember my family and my loved ones? Would you remember me? And the thing is, when we start believing God for what he says, they remember, he remembers us when we believe him. Look, you believe him that he loves you, but at times you're not sure, but he always loves you. You believe that he's sovereign over all things until there's something we can't change. Until our will is pressing against someone or something that we can't help. And we have to leave it then to his sovereignty. There are many things that I would love to to change around the world and in our nation. There's many things I'd love to change even as I see. There's many people I would love to be able to, you know, talk to. And you try and help persuade a river and change like that. And in family, in church, everywhere. But as we try and help, we can't. Because, you see, as part of humanity wants to hold on to be in charge, to be in control. So what do you do? Lord, I've done my best. I've done my bit. You're sovereign. I'll leave it with you. I'll leave that person with you. I'll leave that situation with you. I'll leave that thing with you, that problem with you. No matter what it is, it's to... Let's get a, a grip of our own selves, as it were. Because our head goes into a spin. And I, I was looking out the back yesterday, and Hardy's got this squeaky toy. The dog got his. He's got this squeaky toy, and it's a wee plastic pig. And when you squeak it, it squeaks, and he goes mad for it. And so if I can't get him out of bed, I stick my hand out the back door and squeak it, and he runs out and around the other side. Now, he's a bit inside too, but it's when he's outside. And so the other day, he looks through our window and he can see in the kitchen and he knew we were in and I seen him looking like this and then he walks away and suddenly he spies his tail. He starts chasing his tail and barking at it and he starts losing the head with it. And you know the thought? Look at that stupid old dog. And I'm standing at the door behind the curtain looking at him, laughing at him. I'm standing with a plastic pig and I'm calling him stupid. (laughs) A squeaky one. I'm actually squeaking it to you inside. Look at that stupid old dog. And you know what I thought? Because I have my thoughts. I have my problems. I have my concerns. I have to apply what God's word says to me for my life and family. There's things that I want to see in my own home and my family and I, I pray about it too. Looking out the window and I thought, that stupid old dog. And then the thought just came to me, you're not much better yourself at the minute. You're chasing your tail. You're spinning around and making yourself dizzy. Be still and know that I am God. What is it? Be still and know that I am God. In his sovereign day, Oh, we believe you are the sovereign God. Oh, I don't know how this is going to work out here. This is terrible. Be fret. Can't drink your medicine this morning. Here, can't take it yourself. The sovereignty of God. Here, take it yourself. Because when we really do believe in the sovereignty of God, then we will have a better life. 
We will have such a better life to the point where our stresses will not be the same, where our flesh dies and his sovereignty, it becomes more realistic to us. And notice what he says, remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Consider the whole our reproaches, as if God doesn't know. Now, God wants you to pray about what you need prayed about. He wants you to be specific and he wants you to come and pray about it. And whenever you pray about it, don't pray about it and then walk away with a big... Do you ever see Top Cat? Do you ever watch that? I used to watch Top Cat, the program, whenever I was younger. You know the cartoon, the cats in the alley cats, and is it New York we're in? And you see Top Cat pretending he was someone getting out of a big car and there's this guy standing at the door of this big hotel or restaurant or wherever it was and he top cat and he flicks a coin into the man's hand. Do you remember that? And your man goes like that with a coin. Oh, thank you very much. And top cat has a coin on it. He goes, <laughs> Does anybody remember that? Yeah, a whole lot of thing. That's not what we're like sometimes. Lord, here it is, my worries and my stress and my anxieties and my fears and my problems and my troubles and my family and my, my bills and my interests and all. Here it is, Lord. Oh, Lord, help, help. And I'm leaving it with you in the relief of it. Oh. Isn't that true? Sovereignty of God must always be before us that he is completely sovereign. Will you turn with me to Habakkuk, please? Whenever I'm in the States, they call us Habakkuk. Habakkuk, I think that's how they pronounce it. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. It's just before Zephaniah, the one before Zephaniah. Chapter 3. Let's just read from verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk. The prophet upon Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known. In wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. How many of us have realized that we have fell and we have faltered before God as a believer? How many of us realize that in our flesh we have done those things and that which is not of faith is sin, the Bible tells us. Isn't that right? And sometimes I look at some of the things in my life and my worries and my concerns and all of those things and I think after, Lord, have I just sinned before you by not trusting you? Have I just sinned before you by not putting my heart in you? It's hard, isn't it? I'm speaking from my heart today. It's difficult, isn't it? I'm not here some man up here highfalutin pretending I am something and then I waft about in the cloud. I'm a human like you. and I'm the same. So you used to say, you're no goat's toe. <laughs> Thank the Lord, I'm not a goat's toe. <laughs> Just me. Just being honest. I sinned before you. And notice he says, in wrath, remember mercy. Oh, now listen, Christian, let's zoom in on just for a minute, just for a little minute. We have all 
failed him. We, we try and walk before God. We try and do what's right before God. Live right before God. We try and live in a holiness of life. And look, there's none of us are perfect, but in Christ we are. In Christ we are. And it was said again this morning. I can never come before you, Lord, because this. I've never come before you, Lord, because of that. I've never come before you, Lord, because I said or I done or I went or whatever. You know, and, and everybody else, all the other Christians, if they knew it, may point at you and go, oh, look at him. Oh, look at her. Isn't that right? Come on, everybody's guilty. Isn't that right? Oh, that's not right. They're not righteous. You know, hmm. No, neither are we. Neither are we. So the person in the middle of it all, which is you sometimes, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's you and you and you, and you go right the whole way down. Sometimes it's me. Let you down. I'm never going to be able to get over. You'll never accept me into your presence again. That's a lie. It's a lie. I was only a certain person last night who had went into the world and almost destroyed themselves and nearly destroyed everybody else around them. And when they came on last night, it was only by messenger. I sent them about the prodigal son. When the father saw him afar off, he ran to meet him. One who took his father's living, uh, 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 inheritance, well, his inheritance, but his father's goods. He said it was his. And he went and spent it on riotous living. You know that, you know that rotten, old, dirty dog backslider? Do you know that man who wanted to live like a pig, marry like a pig, become looked like a pig? Went to wallowing in the mire like a pig. And all of us can be guilty of going, oh. How does someone fall so low? See, once he came to himself, he picked himself up and he brought himself home. He was a far way off. And his father was looking and seen him. His father ran to meet him. Lord, you'll never accept me. That's, that's a lie. See, when you're born again, listen, if you're born again, you're his. If you're born again, if you're saved, you're his. You can't be unborn. If you're born again, you can't be unborn. Whenever you have a baby, there's your baby in, in your arms, you can't say right now, you can be unborn. It's born, it's happened. That child will always be yours, even if it, it walks away from you. It might be under chastisement at times, but your love will be there for you. And that's what the Lord is like with you. He's looking for you and he's waiting for you. Even if it's just been one of those times you've been through a cold spell or, or a hard time and you've drifted a little. It doesn't mean to say you've been a, one of these ones away into the world who's really wrecked and ruined all around him. And this person I was talking to last night has nearly destroyed a lot of lives and hurt a lot of people. Hurt a lot of people. My son says, no, your father still loves you. 
And you know what I got back? You don't know what that means to me. <coughs> Sent them the scripture. You don't know what that means to me. Would you pray for me? In wrath, remember mercy. Listen, your father is always merciful. He's always just. And sin must be paid for. But for when we're in Christ, our sin has all been paid for. Our father always loves us. Do you know who your worst enemy is you can have? Yourself. Yourself. You get up in the mirror and you look in the mirror in the morning and your hair's all over the place. You have that bad head on you. Except for Richard and people like him. <laughs> and Lloyd and a couple of the others. You are, are blessed. You get up in the morning, you know, when you put your teeth in. Just like, no, my joke. <laughs> There's a line you can't cross, you know. <laughs> Just by the way, I have a few bars missing in the grate myself, so I can't say much. This goes out live too. You might have to watch myself here. You look in that mirror. Devil's not your worst enemy. He's defeated. He's defeated. God's not your enemy. He loves you. The world, the world has no hold on you. That's if you love Christ. When you look in that mirror every morning and you feel like one eye's round here and one eye's up there and you get yourself on, maybe some of you ladies shaping up a little bit as well. The men just go out like that. <laughs> well, nowadays you're not sure whether men go out like that or not, you know, but anyhow. It's hard to tell. See that person looking at you in the mirror? your enemy yourself it's your own enemy if you are forgiven if you are blood bought if you are blood washed you may well have failed him but he still loves you come back and repent say father I'm not worthy not worthy to be called thy son I've sinned before you in heaven and the Father's going to get that big stick of wrath out and beat the living daylights out of you. No, he isn't. He runs to meet you. And he throws his arms around you and he kisses you as it were in the neck. This, my son, was dead. And is alive again. This, my daughter, was dead to me. Walked away from me and is alive again. Last one for this morning. It's good when the Lord remembers us. I'll tell you why. Next week we're going to look at when the Lord tells you to remember him. That's when it changes. The things that God has done that tells us to remember the things he's done, but also to remember him. In Luke chapter 23 on the cross, there's two thieves, one on the left hand and one on the right casting insults at the Lord is one of them. In Luke chapter 23, verse 42, the other thief, he says, 
Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. First of all, notice he's calling him Lord. This can't mean sir or master. Can't mean that, but really it is a New Testament Greek word for Jehovah. I know you are Yahweh or Jehovah. Lord, remember me. Now he's on a cross, kneeled hand and foot. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Do you think the Lord remembers him? A man in the same predicament, kneeled hand and foot. See that man that was beside the Lord Jesus? Here's something for you to think of as we close this. We know that the Lord bore the weight and penalty of our sin. Isn't that right? In his own body on the tree. Isn't that the scriptures tell us? He paid it all. Completely in full. See that man that said that at that moment. Lord, remember thou me when thou comest into thy kingdom. What he has realized or what has happened that man who cried that his sin was on him and the two of them are nailed to the tree together. Think about that. He was actually bearing this man's sin. Thief. The Lord says, Verily I said to thee today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know the wonderful thing about it is, see that man at the last moment? That man is assured of the kingdom of God. Isn't that tremendous? I want to tell you this. I was thinking about this actually yesterday and this morning because I was thinking about some of my family who have died. Some of you have lost loved ones and have been going on with God for years and you're assured of their salvation because of the fruit of their life, following after Christ, following the Lamb whithersoever he'd go, placing their trust in him. I was thinking about it because my mum was saved, seen her when she uh, got saved, seen it was with her, seen the change in the woman until she died and the life shall live, short life after that. Uh, my dad said he'd get saved and I wasn't sure of him. And some of the things that he had said and he had told me, I just had to take him at face value. And then I've seen things he had written that nobody knew about. And I have them in my study at home about Christ being his saviour, putting his trust in Christ and what he meant to him. And that's assured me that he was saved. And there was a change in my dad. My elder sister used to get me to sing to her, dear lover, whenever she was in her last year of her life, really. She wasn't well, and I pushed her in a wee chair, in a wee blanket over her. She couldn't see. She couldn't walk. I used to push her. And I pushed her up the Doke Road in Newton Abbey there. As I pushed her out for a walk, she was in a home at the end. We had to get help to look after her. She was full mind, and she used to say to me, they all called me Kenneth. 
She used to say to me, Kenneth, sing something, will you? And I'm on the dog road. And I'm going, oh dear, you don't want to, you know. I'll never forget it. One time I was going up and sing something. And I was sung, I am my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is love. I am my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is love. I am my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. Never forget this. It wasn't long before she died. She raised her hands up. She was weak. He's brought me in to his banqueting house. And his banner over me is love. He brought me in to his banqueting house. And his banner over me is love. He brought me into his banqueting house, and his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. I'll never forget it. And then she died. My younger sister hated the Lord, hated him. And before she died, I was at my older sister's funeral. And she'd taken ill, she was in hospital, and I was carrying my older sister, and we just put her into the back of the house. And this man came to me, he was a friend, and he asked where Heather was. He said, she's in hospital, she's not good. And we got into the cars, and went up to the cemetery, and at the graveside, Heather's husband came and says, Ken, get your daddy home. Heather's took a turn for the worse. We got him home. I phoned the hospital and said, get up now. She's not going to do. We drove from there straight up to the hospital. And Heather died two days later. On the third day, actually. And I says, where is she? Oh, God, where is she? on to that man what I didn't know left there and went to the hospital and Heather was coming in out of consciousness and knew things and didn't know and he got he, he couldn't get her to respond to him and he went outside and he sat on a wee waiting area and he started crying on to the Lord and wrath remember mercy and wrath remember mercy And the nurse came out and says, she's awake. She's awake. And he went in. He talked to her about the Lord. And she says, I want to get saved. And she died two days later. That dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Remember thou me when thou comest into thy kingdom. That's what I hold on to now. Some of you, I was thinking about you. Some of your loved ones, your fathers or mothers, have led to Christ just weakly 
very weak in body before they died. Brother, sister, I want you to remember this. Lord, remember thou me. He's hanging on a cross, this man. He's in his dying breath. He spent his life without Christ. And he says, Lord, remember thou me. When thou comest into thy kingdom, the Lord says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. You hold on to that, for that's what I hold on to. The grace of God goes beyond all our understanding. It's good when God remembers us. But he never forgets us. But it's good when we know it. I trust this morning has been a help to some of you. Trust this morning has been a blessing to some of you. Even an encouragement. But here's what I do. I do trust that you'll just remember that he loves you. Let that spur you on to go on in him. For his name's sake. Amen.